Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Inspired Evolution, and it is, oh my God, dude, seriously, are y'all tuned in? Y'all are tuned in. It is such a treat to be here today. I have with me a very dear, a very special sister in Molly Kaufman. Molly, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Even better now. (laughs) (laughs) The blast waves of sound all the way from Australia. (laughs) Yo, because where are you right now? You're in Italy, right? I'm in Tuscany, yeah. I'm oh, in Tuscany. Sounds horrible. Well, we're going to find out all about your adventures and all about your <laughs> vagabonding ways. I'm going to put it that way. Um, but let me quickly, for those tuning in to Molly for the first time, bring you up to some sort of speed when really Molly's speed is very chilled. It's going to be very flow. I can't wait for this conversation. So yeah. she founded Inspiration Heals, right? So this word inspiration, we're definitely bonded on really deeply. Uh, yeah. Inspiration Heals brings traditional Chinese medicine modern medicine, yoga, movement, and other inspirations, right, together for a healthier, more joyful, vibrant, and compassionate life. Inspiration Heals is dedicated to inspiring and connecting people. I love that. And creating unique experiences in which you can learn to feel comfortable in your own skin, learn to express yourself freely, and heal the habits and diseases that stand in your way. Sister, it Mm. is such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's really a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, my brother. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so tuning in. So vagabonding. Yeah. I'm I'm dead set serious about this because we met um, on retreat in Brazil. So we were yeah. we were we were both doing our vagabonding thing, and uh, we chanced yeah. across. Oh, Molly. Hey, how's it going? And it was just this really beautiful encounter. Um, yeah. But now you're in Italy. And you also, I I know in your horizon, there's retreats coming up in Patagonia. So like, let's talk about your curiosity for adventure and where did that really start in your life? Oh my goodness. Well, maybe, maybe a nice place to start actually is Mm -hmm. where Inspiration Heals comes from. Mm -hmm. And it actually, Inspiration Heals is something that, that started for me 
way back when, when I was in graduate school. So my interest in healing has been really since I was born. I always dreamed of being a doctor, a, a medicine woman, but my, my dream was to live in a small town, to carry a little black bag, to mm. you know be the old-fashioned kind of doctor that's treating generations and yeah. walking from house to house. I have no idea where this dream came from. <laughs> Um, obviously, I'm a far stretch from that now, but in a way, I suppose doing the the same thing. And so mm. I, I went through the rigmarole of of studying biology, went to university, mm. and when I graduated university, I was I went into a research job in genetic research, uh, mm. working on the Human Genome Project, actually, which you don't hear a lot about anymore ah. these days. While I was applying to medical schools and. Um, in that in that time, which seems like a few lifetimes ago, for me, um, you know, it was really necessary to be a volunteer in a hospital too. And I, I come from a family of attorneys, actually, so I'm completely black sheep vagabond. <laughs> now, in my connection genetically, I have no idea what happened there. Born upside down into my family, but um, you know what happened little by little over time is that I was I was really uh, in, encompassed by the Western medical world and mm. every day falling out of love with what I was seeing mm. as far as the approach to healing, as far as how the doctors were carrying themselves and interacting with patients, and so I arrived in a place where actually I was just completely lost because my mm. whole life had been medical school, be a doctor, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden I'm immersed in this world where I felt literally like a fish out of water. Yeah. And so one of my personal therapies, my whole life has been music and dance. Mm. And I reached out to a professor at the University of Arizona in, in Tucson in the United States where I had done my undergraduate work. Mm. I said, I think that I'd like to come back and do a master of fine arts in dance and explore right. dance as a healing art because I'm not finding my way in <sighs> traditional medicine. So let me reach back out to something that's familiar, that has always been healing for me uh -huh. and, you know, and see what's there. So, and was there a lot in that space when you were picking your curiosities to moving, like picking your feet towards this curiosity? Well, I mean, there was so much in that space, right? Because for me, dance is something that moves me beyond words. Mm. And it's so much of what I'm trying to create for people now in, mm -hmm. in my projects, in my travels, in my adventures is that, I mean, you know, here you and I are connected on social media. We're doing mm. a podcast. There, there's no doubt that technology and words and articulation is an important way of connection. But when we, you know, when you do your you, I can't even <laughs> pretend to do it, right? Like something in my heart stops and I breathe in and there is this sensation of excitement and inspiration mm -hmm. and, 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 and connection that cannot be described in words, right? And so this is the place, this is the place where, where I believe that wisdom really can be found. And, you know, the, the key, I guess, in all of it is that we have to bring it back into the world. We have to find the way to articulate it, to put words to it. But um, in that space, when I was making that decision, really what I was doing, and I didn't know it consciously mm. in that moment, was I was bringing myself back to a place, tapping into the wisdom beyond words, tapping mm. into, right, a, 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 this, this reconnection 
with the totality of humanity rather than just the sort of mechanism that I was seeing in, in Western healing, if that makes sense. It does, it does. And so this whole concept yeah. of dance, is it because you kind of see the whole narrative as one big dance? Is that what you're alluding to in that? Well, I mean, certainly, yes, I do. And, and, and the thing is, is that sometimes when you say dance, people's immediate reaction is, oh, I, I can't dance. I don't have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think but it's really That's nice very common. It's like, oh, you can't sing either. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, don't sing. Right. But you talk, but you don't sing. No. Okay. But right, the sound's right. coming like, out of your mouth. That, like, yes. The, the but you don't sing. No. Right. I think <laughs> you know, all the funny moves that are, are discoordinated. So, so I suppose it's probably nice to say, you know, like this, this concept of dance again is, is for me, the vehicle is, is dance and music for other people. The vehicle is writing for other people. The vehicle is being in nature. But what, what I'm getting at when I, when I think about this concept of dance is mm. complete integration of, of body, spirit, mind, um, inspiration and direction in life. So this this kind of dance, yes, I love to use my body, and mm. you told me not to talk with my hands, but not with my hands but <laughs> because it, I tried to glad wrap her hands together, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't do it. She was too far away, so <laughs> forgive me. Yeah. 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 So so yes, I mean for sure, I see life as a dance. Because the moments, the moments that I feel the best, the moments, you know, now I'm leading these retreats all over the world and watching people's evolution through these experiences is like watching them learn how to dance, literally, mm. as, as they sort of piece themselves back together from being the Picasso painting that often modern life leaves us as, you know, an yeah. eyeball here and an ear there and uh, and not that there's not beauty to that mm -hmm. but <laughs> when we feel integrated when we feel the music of us flowing without interruption then mm. life is a dance for sure cool there is two mm. really deep things i want to speak to there and i guess i'm going to speak to the more nebulous one first right mm -hmm. so a lot of what you're talking about is integrating all that spirit all that emotion you know we're at least activated on four to five dimensions right so that physical <laughs> intellectual emotional spiritual and now i also discuss financial because it deserves to be honored and respected sure. just as much as the others right um yes. so that creative expression is what you're talking to in terms of integrating that um why creativity do you know what i mean a lot of people and mm. i know i was having this conversation with someone recently is that you know it's it was quite surprising. I was doing a podcast live in front of an audience and the question went up, who thinks they're not creative? And people put their hands up and obviously someone such as yourself and myself will be doing a lot of work on ourselves and creatively creating retreats. But then even just the fact that this person was, um, if I recall correctly, she was an occupational therapist and it was like, hey, uh, she was like, I, I don't feel like I'm creative. And it's like, but you chose to put that T-shirt with those pair of pants today, <laughs> you know, like you chose to set up a whole career that you mapped into like turning yourself into a therapist. Like you created that, right? Can you see that? And I was like, actually, yeah, I can see that. And it was a real breakthrough moment for her. But um, yeah, yeah like why creativity? What does it mean to you? And, you know, I think you're articulating that it's really powerful for integration, but tell us. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I love this. And I, I'll say that as I was just listening to those 30 seconds of your, of your beautiful words, right? There's even for me a slight difference between creation and creativity. Mm. And, and 
for me, I think that the the foundation of creativity, and it's it's also something that I am really striving to facilitate for people, is is just the simplicity of perspective, hmm. of seeing life from different perspectives. Right? I I feel like there is this thing going on in the modern world, and 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 not to say that things don't have to be big and grand and all encompassing. But I feel like where people get stuck, right, is are you a creative person? Well, no, I haven't created anything. Well, like you said, you know, you did, you created your outfit, you created your hairdo, you're creating every word that comes out of your mouth, right? Mm. So it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. Mm. And I, I think that we lose sight of, of this a little bit along the way. And, and actually, it's a beautiful tie-in. And I know we kind of abandoned the story, but the next step for me in the evolution of, of inspiration heals. And I'll come back to creativity in just a second was I, I went back to the university of Arizona. I did my master of fine arts and theater arts. And during that time, a friend of mine uh, was rendered quadriplegic in an accident. And so actually my thesis concert became a benefit for this individual because I was really inspired by so my vehicle is dance. My vehicle is my physical body. I use it as a tool. I use it as an exploration. I use mm. it. And now here is this friend who did the same thing who now can't move. Mm. So what does movement mean to him? How can we gather around? How can I create movement, right? And this now I'm talking in the choreographic realm mm-hmm. that reflects how we can see this thing that we've already decided we we understand what it is in a mm. completely different way. And this is how actually Inspiration Heals was born because I titled my concert Inspiration Heals, but at that oh. point it was H-E-E-L-S because it was a dance concert. Ah, that's cheeky. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course it's gone through many other in, incarnations. But yeah. um, the thing of creativity for, for me, and I, I mean, I get stuck a lot, honestly, in my own life because I, I want to create, you know, I, I want to gather people together. I want to do dance flash mobs in every city. I want, you know, I do have these delusions of grandeur, but, but every step of the way, what I'm reminded of every day when I wake up is, you know what? The creativity is just born of an open mind and an open mm. mind for me. And, and this for me is facilitated really deeply by my yoga practice, by my meditative practices, is it is being able to see any given situation from an infinite number of perspectives. Mm. And the key there is, is that we choose which perspective we want to walk, right? If we stay in the space of just complete and, and other possibility, then we never really go anywhere. So mm. I have to choose, you know, okay, today I put on a red sweater and I put on my lucky white shawl just because I was a little nervous about doing my first podcast. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So this is my perspective. But in the back of my mind, what I try to hold open mm. is that I could have done a black sweater. I could have done, you know, I could have done a lot of other things. I'm confident in the, in, in this choice because it's mm. the path I'm walking, but I'm not blind to that there are so many other ways that it could be going Mm. and this to me is really the seedling of this idea of of creativity is knowing that at any junction i can say you know i chose that yesterday and i still really like it but i see that there are other options and today i think i'm going to choose this 
because maybe it serves me better. Maybe my environment has changed a little bit. Maybe the people I will be around are going to influence me in a different way. Mm. And so this idea of creativity, I like to try to facilitate and foster I suppose on, on, on a more simple level. And of course that simple level is like planting a seed in the spring, right? You have no mm. idea. Maybe it's going to turn into a thousand year old olive tree. I was just thinking mm. olives. It's like the most amazing experience ever, <laughs> just by the way. <laughs> just sounds but, a tiny bit romantic. I'm just in Tuscany just picking olives. Romantic, just, yeah. <laughs> just casually. <laughs> is what casually. I, is what I do yeah. on my Mondays. <laughs> just a lazy right. Monday. <laughs> right. Right. So creativity for me really is, is just this. It's, it's having the confidence to walk your walk, mm. but not closing any door to possibility. So that mm. in any given moment, as life shifts around us, we have the possibility to say, Oh, you know what? And it's actually something that, that I've really had to learn how to do guiding these retreats because mm. I, you know, I create these experiences for people. And of course, I have an idea. Of how I'd like for it to go. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But then 16 people arrive and actually they write the story, right? Yeah. If I'm stuck yeah. in what I think it should be, then we never go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so entering into relationship with these people that arrive to, yes, of course, I've set the structure. Yes, of course, I've sent sort of set a, a, pers- a pervasive intention, I suppose, for the experience. But, it, you know, in all of the moments that arrive, and I was just writing this in an email, for example, last year, I took a group to Nepal. Mm. And we trekked for six days in the Himalaya Mm. and we got on a bus for what was supposed to be a seven hour bus ride. Mm. And the structure of these days is that we do a mindfulness practice in the morning and a yoga practice, mindfulness practice in the evening every day on on these adventures as as a structural Mm. point. And so we're on this bus and we get stuck in traffic. And a seven-hour bus ride turned into an eleven-hour bus ride. Nice, so, you know, <laughs> especially in Nepal and those great roads. Minus the P yeah. P emergencies that yeah. we had, right? Everyone started at a certain point. They were like, "Well, Molly, are we still going to do our evening practice? Molly, are we still, you know?" And I'm thinking, "Well, we're not getting home until ten thirty at night. There's no, mm. you know." And so I stood up and I said, "Okay, everybody, inhale, 
lift your arms. And we did an hour of bus yoga. (laughs) (laughs) You know, why not? I mean, I could have been stuck in the fact that we just weren't going to make it to the practice. But in that moment, I was like, you know what? What the heck? Who says yoga has to be on a mat? Let's just do it on the bus. (laughs) And we had a blast. So this speaks really potently to what you were saying and just flagging one thing that you shared in there um, before I actually asked my next question was, yeah, this is something that like running retreats, um, uh, hosting events here in Melbourne and actually I'm off to India to run a retreat now. It's just consistently I always maintain like people like, oh, thank you so much. You created something. It's like (laughs) at no point was this a creation. Like this is always a co-creation like at all points because like the reality is from a very like fundamental, like really fundamental, really mundane, really gross level, right? Yeah. You contributed the finances for us to put this together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this yeah. is a co-creation and yeah. like the sooner like we can get through that because then there's none of this projection stuff. It's just like dude, we're all in this together. It's a complete yeah. co-creation. It's such a yummy, yummy space and I really honor and love the way you, you shared is. that. And you know, Amrit, this is, this is another thing that, that over the time, you know, I, I feel like somehow hosting and leading these retreats, I get to witness a, a heck of a lot of humanity. Mm. And and what what your comment just inspired in me is the fact that that nothing in life exists out of relationship. Mm. Nothing. I mean, we're even you know down to the fact that we are in relationship with our thoughts in every yeah. moment. It's not like we're ever isolated because we're we we aren't. <laughs> and it's you know when I teach teacher trainings and I teach yoga philosophy and I teach even Buddhist philosophy, we we talk about the origin of life being the coming together of two entities. And I know you know this is a a broad Pandora's box, depending on oh, I love Pandora's boxes. What your, <laughs> what your philo- philosophy, but every tradition that I've studied so far mm. in in this short life that I've lived has some story of origin of life, whether it's, you know, in yoga, we, we talk about it as the, the arrival of vibration. And then these mm. first two tendencies of vibration coming together to create the next thing. But the very foundation of life is relationship. And, mm. and we tend toward suffering when we forget this. Mm. And I, I feel like in the modern world, we are, everyone is searching to feel connected but we don't know how to do that. And so what mm. we do is we isolate ourselves and we feel like we're isolated, but we're actually never isolated because there's nothing, there's nothing that can be out of relationship. It's interesting that really, isn't it? Because like even anxiety, depression, I just got my mental health mm. first aid, by the way. So this is like very present for me at the moment. Mm. Um, but now thank they've started you. calling them, thank you, <laughs> diseases <laughs> of disconnection. So they're leg- legitimately called diseases of loneliness, right? So things that are stemming from disconnect. And so even like on a very scientific level, like even the, the labs in the white coats have identified that it's disconnection, right? It's yeah. not just like a hippie thing. Um, right. And even when I say hippie, I know it sounds derogatory, but I really mean that in like a really earthen kind of way, right? Um, but there is this whole essence of like, I agree with what you're saying is that everything is in relationship, like even inspiration, like it, the word means so much to us and it's we're in this symbiosis with trees. There's a great argument yeah. that we could make that trees are actually cultivating humans, not the other way around, you know? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but in that, like everything is consistently in that dance, but at the same time, not every relationship is as rewarding or as serving as others, it would seem, because Absolutely. people are feeling disconnect, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And this, and this really comes 
back to, in, in some ways, creativity. And it, it seems like a, a far stretch, but creativity really is born of a place of presence, right? Mm. If you think about sitting in a place where you feel comfortable in a choice that you've made, you're remaining aware that there are an infinite number of other choices you could have made, but, but you're fine, mm. right? That, that place of integration is, is really a place of, of presence. And mm. in, um, uh, like in, in traditional, <laughs> oh, oh, he's taking notes. <laughs> the audience, I'm watching Amrit's blue pen go. Yeah, but there's, um, you know, and it's another sort of foundational thing about life. And, and that is that life is, is movement. And, and part of how movement manifests for human beings is that we do have this freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. And if we think of ourselves, and I know this, this is a little bit out there and we haven't really given the foundation in the conversation for this, but let like it in ride. The tradition, let it ride. In the, in the foundation of, of the yogic tradition in Buddhism, Taoism, all of these nature based philosophies, right? The mm -hmm. very foundation of life is vibration. Mm -hmm. And each entity that exists in life is a unique symphony of vibrations. Mm -hmm. And it's just like if you think about music, for example, I am sorry to admit it. I love country music. <laughs> I love blues. Yeah. I love jazz. Yeah. Rap? Eh, not so much, right? Mm. It's a vibration that I don't really like doesn't. It just doesn't flow, flow through my body. Not that I don't appreciate the message of what a rapper mm -hmm. might be saying. Not that, right. But like the actual vibration of the entity, it just doesn't feel good mm -hmm. to me. So mm -hmm. do I, do I lament that, that I can't make this thing be good for me? Or do mm -hmm. I say, you know, when I have the choice, I listen to something that feels really good. Mm -hmm. And, and, and this is another aspect, I, I suppose, of, of what we're seeing in a lot of modern dis-ease and i i say it that way you know for a particular re reason disease mm. wow this is a really heavy word right mm. this is a you are diseased it's gosh this is it makes me even feel bad to say mm. this word yeah. but dis-ease actually keeps us in conversation with something mm. right something's just a little out of balance or maybe even a lot out of balance maybe grossly out of balance yeah but we're recognizing that we're still a participant in this thing right? Mm. We're not broken. We're not like, there's not something wrong. We don't have to return ourselves to sender. Mm. And I'm coming back around to the beautiful thing that you've just presented. But that is that, yes, not every situation is right for everybody. Mm. Yoga is not the right practice for everybody, right? This is, I mean, there are actually many lineages of, of yoga. We're being a little bit funneled in, in the modern world into the physical mm. practice yoga yeah yoga very much so yoga actually recognizes that we all have different characters and there are different yoga practices that don't involve the the physical body at all actually to help guide us back to this um this idea but but certainly our ability to recognize that something isn't really going well for us or something mm. doesn't feel good for us is is another aspect of of being in creativity and being in presence and just saying you know what there are so many things in our world I don't need all of them. I don't need to be liked by everyone. I don't need to like everyone. Mm. I just need to have compassion for everything. I just need to have respect for everything. But I'm going to choose what, what serves my path the best. Yep. I'm going to choose what, what feeds me and nourishes me. And in turn, the thing is, is that 
sometimes when I say that, it feels a little selfish, right? Like I'm going to choose what's good for me. Mm. But the thing is, when we choose what's good for us, then what that whatever we've chosen is getting in return is the fullness of what we have to offer as well. Yeah. And again, it comes back to that idea of relationship, right? It's not ever just about us. And when we make it only about us is when we don't feel good. Mm. And so it's a, it, it's a little bit of a dance to bring that theme back in, right? I'm going to choose to listen to, to a type of music that feels really good. And what that does is it makes me feel calm and happy and present. And then when I engage with my family, that's what they're getting. Mm. Right? When I engage yeah. with my students, that's what they're getting. They're getting me from a place of integration. Mm. So kind of where I'm jarring inside at the moment, which I would love to really open up uh, even deeper, is yes, we're consistently in relationship and yes, we're consistently like you have to be self-interested even has negative connotations around it, but self-loving, right? So that you can fill up your own cup to be in relationship from the most whole and authentic place, right? But what's opening up for me then is that and this is something that I'm already aware of is that there is not just one me, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there's that relationship. <laughs> Watch out now. <laughs> Guys, you're in, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's like multiple yeah. facets to the existence that is I, right? Yeah, there is the, obs- the observer that is observing the caricature that, it like exists and lives out and has this conversation, right? Sure. Um, and so even there, again, lies relationship. But I guess I'm kind of prefacing an answer that I'm, I was asking the question in terms of, yes, mm-hmm. there is relationship, but then there is also self-interest and they seem kind of at odds with each other. Yeah, yeah. Do they? So the thing of it is, well, yeah, so I, I see what you're getting at. And, um, and for sure, I, d- I don't know if this is, um, I guess living the vagabond life. Um, I'm very deeply connected in a lot of ways and in <laughs> a lot of other ways. I feel, I, I feel a bit disconnected with the, I'm doing quotations with my fingers, um, with the modern, you know, uh, realm. But I, I know like a decade ago, maybe even more, right? This whole self help movement mm. came and, from the beginning, I, I was a little bit at odds with with some of the things that were being presented. Not that the foundation of the teachings wasn't sound, but what I felt like it was doing was encouraging people to like cocoon themselves, right? Mm. I am capable. I can do it for myself. I can. And yeah. I know the message is much more broad. So, so anyone who is still following this movement um, you know, please know that, that, that everything has a, a more, a broad sense, but I'm just using one piece of it as an example. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is, is when we look at these ancient philosophies, which are, are really my guides for so much of the work that I'm mm. doing again, back to obviously, um, probably you're hearing over and over again, these nature based philosophies, right? Mm. Philosophies that look at the intelligence of life. Um, via the, the intelligence of, of nature mm. and, and the, the natural balance of nature. And I mean, these, what are we sustained by? And even if we live in a, in a penthouse in a city, right? You cannot deny that we are sustained by the earth. All mm. of life is sustained mm-hmm. by the earth. And in fact, all of these philosophies, what they 
say to us, what they offer to us is this consideration that every entity as a manifestation of life is a microcosm of this macrocosm of the universe, mm -hmm. meaning that a human being, right, is, is in a way like a little earth. Every law that governs life for the earth is the same natural law that also governs us. And this would be on the biological level, but also spiritual, right? So um, I, I think that um, the, uh, what is the word I'm, I'm looking for? Boom, boom, boom. I'm staring at the olive trees looking for their wisdom. <laughs> and I totally lost my words, but that's exactly it, right? We were talking before this started about this idea of, of going beyond words. I could feel what I want to say in my heart and now I have to. Well, what was coming up for me when you were sharing just yeah. to, just to yeah, yeah. bring it alignment was, you know, even in the Vedas, they could, they figured out constellations and the distance between stars and like all this yeah. sort of stuff by mapping out the distances and the relationships in their own body. Yeah. So they'll look yeah. at the human body and going, okay, if this is this far away, then the sun must be this far away. And I'm like, wait, how did you even know oh. to make that inference? Like, slow down, Rasta. <laughs> yeah, but slow down, Rasta, like this is part of the point is that mm. it's, um, and, and not to say that there's anything wrong with velocity because I mm. know, you know, brother, I've seen you work, you know, you've got this pulse, <laughs> this velocity, and this is your natural <laughs> way. And it's so beautiful. But for someone like me, mm. you know, there's, I, I, I have a more methodical kind of, of pace, like, mm. you know, well, anyway, so, so, but yes, and this is, this is part of the point is listening mm. and observing, mm. right? Is that so many times, and I, I feel like I'm now I'm starting to go in 50 million directions, but I love it. Um, and I'm sorry for all the yoga teachers out there who have said this, but sometimes I have walked into, so one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling to all these places in the world is I love to go to yoga studios and take classes from other people. Mm. Um, one, just to keep a pulse on what the world of yoga is yeah. like, right? Two, to keep a pulse on, on what is speaking to people so that I can mm. keep growing my voice as a teacher, as a, mm. as a facilitator. But more than once, right? I sit down in a yoga class and the teacher says, close your eyes and, um, you know, you close your eyes and then they're like, Okay, everything in the universe is inside of you. And okay, so for those of us who have maybe been walking one path or another, there's a really deep connection to this idea. But I'm going to say for the general person, you know, or if I could imagine my 18-year-old self, which is the first time I walked into a yoga class, sitting down in a yoga class and having someone say, close your eyes, <laughs> you know, the whole universe is within you. I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> but the thing about these ancient traditions and the thing that, that just pinged me about what you said is that they, these, these, these ancient people, let's say, were still living life in a way that was much more harmonious with natural law than mm. we tend to be doing in our modern life. And not mm. to say that anything about modern life is necessarily wrong. Mm. There are good things, you know, it's the same. People ask me all the time, well, so you've negated modern medicine. I say, no, I worked in integrative medicine in Chicago for years and years because there's a beauty to what modern medicine presents, right? And there's a beauty to the wisdom that traditional Chinese medicine mm. also presents. And if you bring them together, again, we're in the realm of relationship and you mm -hmm. get kind of the best of, of the best. But the, mm. the thing of it is, is that what we've lost a lot in life and in, in modern times is this real ability to listen and observe. Mm. 
Mm. And, and the way that these wisdoms were created tens of thousands, you know, when you're talking Vedic period, we're talking 10,000 years ago, which for my mind isn't even possible to conceptualize what 10,000 mm. years ago means, but where that wisdom came from, from a person, right, listening to the inner workings of their body and understanding that they were in fact a microcosm of a macrocosm. And so mm. that all of that understanding really can be found when we're willing to look at the honesty of what's going on with us, if mm. that makes sense. It does it, make it, sense. It brings yeah. back to relationship. And I think that this is one of actually the fallacies about some of these like self. I mean, in, in yoga, you hear it all the time, right? Take a deep dive into yourself. Mm. Okay. So this can mean so many things, but essentially mm. what it's asking us to do is exactly what you just said. Can we listen honestly and understand with honesty the symphony that is us? It's not the symphony we think we want to be, not the symphony that people expect us to be, not the symphony, but can we really take the time and honesty to understand who we are in the totality of us, who we are as this really unique manifestation of life? And the place where we get stuck, I think, is that people feel like they have to isolate themselves in order to do that. But mm. what we're missing, what a missing piece is in the way that we're bringing these teachings to modern life is that the whole point of this is not to implode, is not to only be comfortable right in my own skin, is not to only understand who this Molly creature is in this life. But the promise or the faith piece of that is that when I am walking honestly as who I understand myself to be, that I can actually interact with the rest of the world mm. with so much more creativity, with so much more abundance, with so much more inspiration. Mm. So in the end, even though we start by turning inward, the whole point is to turn outward with the exact same listening, intentness, um, honesty, right, that, that we have offered to ourselves. Yeah, so the rabbit hole of honesty is something I want to go down. I just want to flag one thing before we do, though, is yeah. this thing that you're, you're referring to in terms of presence speaks really deeply to me because I've really noticed, and I would I actually call it boredom because there's a lot of people my age, you know, like people like, oh, like people that are struggling with creativity. The question I ask is how often are you bored? And it's very rarely because the smartphone's always one step away. The audio book's on file. There's a pod, there's two podcasts running. There's the album running at the same time, you know, blah, 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 blah. Everything's there, you know, and I totally get it because I've, I've lived in that state, right? But the question that always arrives to me is like, okay, how do you expect something new to come in when you haven't created space or bandwidth for that new thing to come in, right? So like, how can you be present? Like when you're saying presence to me, it's like, cause presence for a millennial can be quite boring. Yeah, <laughs> it can be like, I'm just present, yeah. like I'm just present to what is, you know, For like sure. that's, that's the biggest challenge I have with my meditation clients is like, I'm sitting there and they're like, it's really boring or my mind is like chaotic. And I'm like, yeah. of course <laughs> it's chaotic. Yeah, of course it's chaotic. Like it's been like, you've never stopped to reflect on it for like any given moments of time. And of course it's going to be like consistently flicking through files as it normally does. But now you're watching it flick through files. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? If you just like, just let it do its thing, you're over time. It'll be like, oh, wow. Okay. Let me just settle, you know? Um, yeah. But the, the the whole essence of like how presence and boredom can then spark creativity when you've given it some 
space sure. and some bandwidth, I think is a, is a really deep conversation that you're having. Oh, but I think even yeah. deeper than that now, it's what you're scratching on is, is honesty. And I think mm-hmm. that touches on something and it's, it's something really personal for me because when I was diagnosed with depression a while ago, um, the, the thread that the, the, the psychiatrist basically pulled out was like, if you could just adopt honesty, you'll be sweet. And I was like, whoa, okay. And she, she literally like just, just opened the gaping hole of like the wound that was there and from there everything sort of had to start to heal. Um, but honesty is a really deep concept. But it's like even when I look at society, it's it's not – ever present you know it's more rarefied than it is commonplace is this your understanding of it too yeah sure and it's the i mean i guess it's the other kind of rabbit hole of connection isn't it and uh, i guess it's a a a funny way of of bringing full circle so so for for one piece i just want to backtrack for a a second Mm. and, and all that we were just talking about about this um kind of internal personal inquiry right being at odds with um, this expansiveness, creation, connection, and, mm. and obviously, hopefully, the listeners kind of followed that mm. that reconnection of that. The, you know, the whole point of of turning inside is to sprout back out in into the outside in a more integrated way, and so they're actually not at odds at all, mm. right? But the the human tendency, and here we get into another deep aspect of some of these ancient practices, meditation, right, is that um, our mind, whether, you know, when you talk about creativity, like think about your mind, it is one of the most creative <laughs> entities ever to exist. But the, the, the problem is, is that in its extreme creativity, it has the tendency to create stories that aren't true. Mm. And and this is kind of the essence of a lot of these teachings is giving us a tool to understand what we've created in our mind that that is just a story about something that actually isn't 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 really the the reality. But like mm. you said, it is. It's a very um, it's a very tender and and when we start to use so many words, also. Um, yeah, a, a communication can tend to break down when you're talking about something so deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the thing is, is that at the at the end of the day, mm. what what we really want is we want to feel seen and heard. Mm. But in the mind's sort of tendency to be a little bit right, like we call it the monkey mind in in yoga, and it really is like you know just going all over the place. Right. We, we are. So, so the honesty of living your own symphony is one thing, but then we're never out of relationship with life. Right. So say I meet a, a man and I'm really interested in this man and I'm falling in love with this man, but this man has priorities in life that are different in my, than mine. Mm. And so maybe I begin to change my behavior, right. To still be recognized by him as what I mm. perceive to be important or worthwhile right so in a way i've abandoned my own honesty to be seen and heard by this person who i'm giving power to and i this is also a tricky i'm not sure why i'm using this as an example because this is a whole nother rabbit hole when we get into relationships but it's a it's one that i think everyone can feel right Mm -hmm. who of us has not ever entered into a relationship whether it be a friendship whether it be with our family whether it be with with a lover Mm -hmm. right where we've sort of shifted away slightly 
from something we really believe in because we want to be recognized so badly by that person yeah. as being worthy. Yeah, I've seen some stand-up comedians. Right? Do and you they see say, what I- yeah, yeah. So that, <laughs> and they'll say, like, whenever you're going out on a first date, you're never actually meeting that person. You're meeting right. that person's ambassador. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> well, Amrit, yeah, Amrit's great. Like, Amrit's fantastic. Have you met Amrit? Oh, my God, Amrit, what a fantastic bloke. And then, yeah, yes. and then only after a couple of days you really meet Amrit and it's like, oh, what was all that fanfare? about you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is where i mean god i love that oh my god i think i'm gonna use that that's a, that is a wonderful metaphor <laughs> molly's ambassador has shown yeah but the but but the other piece that that you mentioned is this idea of space mm. right and what you and i did before we even started this conversation is we closed our eyes together and we took a deep breath mm. And, and this, even though it seems really simple, it's something that comes back to me over and over again, right? Is, is, is these moments where we can just pause, breathe, and remember what it is that we understand to be true about ourselves in any given moment. And the, the tricky part about this is that we're always changing who, who I am today. You know, if I reflect on my 20-year-old self, when I was 20, I thought I knew a lot. Mm. And now as a 40-year-old, I reflect and I'm like, oh, for goodness sakes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I didn't know anything. Oh my gosh, you know, I know so much more now. So, so I have two choices, right? I can yeah. judge that 20-year-old for not having known. Mm. I can judge my 35-year-old self for having made a particular decision or I can arrive here and now and say, okay, with all of this experience, with all of the the digestion, you Mm. know, of all of these things, this is where I arrive. This is what I understand to be true about myself. And I'm just going to take each step in that truth. Mm. And, and the, the thing of it is, right, is that when, when we give ourselves, and it can be as simple as making a space to take a deep breath before we answer someone, Mm. take a deep breath before we choose how to interact Mm. It gives us one kind of space to stay true to what we know to be true in any given moment. And I, yeah. I'm really specific about saying it that way because I love that. hopefully in life, we're always learning, right? Mm. You're inspired evolution. I'm inspiration heal. So this word inspiration to mm. me is staying connected with curiosity mm-hmm. and curiosity is right is something that we like when we fall into the dis-ease of boredom mm. we've just lost track of our curiosity mm. and 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 we're so entertained in the modern world we're, we're we have so much information mm. coming at us all the time that it's actually hard i mean for anyone out there who's been in a yoga class before any kind of meditative class right there's always a moment in in the asana practice in the physical yoga practice usually traditionally we end the practice with shavasana laying down on the back and for many people it's the only time they're still in the entire day Mm. for other people it is the most excruciating moment of the day because they have to be with themselves in honesty there's nothing to do. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to respond to. There's nothing right in that moment. We're really just inviting ourselves to be with ourselves in yeah. the greatest honesty 
we can. But this speaks to the other side of it. And I'm sorry, I see your mind working. I see your eyes. So let me just say one more thing about this. Yeah, about this like idea of the beard hides nothing. (laughs) And and that is is that that the the idea of creating space is really sexy to people, right? Like, yes, I want to create space. I love this idea. I love this. I mean, it's something people are selling right now. Like, Mm. I think there's a book about it. You know, create space in 30 days. Create space. Mm. The thing is, the whole minimalist movement. Yeah. Yeah, but but listen. Over the years that I was practicing medicine in Chicago, one of the most shocking experiences for me was that when I would facilitate this creation of space for people, it ended up being really scary for them. Mm. Because what we tend to do is fill space mm-hmm. to not engage with honesty because uh-huh. we have bought into all of the stories, expectations, you know, things that we've hoped for, like all of these stories that actually aren't true, but they make us feel worthy in life, mm-hmm. even though we don't end up feeling worthy in life, right? Ah. And then you you take some of <laughs> ah, and, yeah. and you take some of that away, and there's then this hope. Mm-hmm. And 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 the beauty of this, as you were just speaking to, is that it gives space. It is a place of invitation for something new. Mm, but it's fragile it, too. The, eh? It's the the scary thing is mm. is that that space is actually a space of responsibility. Mm. Because you then become responsible for consciously choosing what to put in that space. And if, you know, you have fallen into the modern way of life where we're so full, we don't even understand what the heck we want or we need, Mm. that space, the invitation of that space is like, oh, oh my God. Okay, what do I do with this now? I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know, right? And so there's this beautiful duality. Mm. And that's why for me, things like yoga, things like a meditative practice, things like any kind of even daily ritual that helps to keep us on track of what direction we believe we want to go. They're like light, like a beacon of light in, in the darkness of the unknown. Mm. You know, all of life in some way is unknown, but that's, what's known (laughs) and Mm. so and that's where creation is is born from right is these is these spaces but it's really beautiful when we have a hand to hold a ritual to do a practice to do that helps us to feel a little bit more comfortable with creating these spaces with which we can then begin to invite more honesty into our lives Mm. thank you so much for sharing that and something that um was really present for me as you were sharing that when you saw the cogs kind of ticking was I had to do some work in regards to this because a big part of me feels that, you know, maybe because I'm Indian and that whole conversation around Maya and illusion, right, um, Mm. is that reality is completely subjective. Right. And I often entertain this, you know, is that I am, and I, I really love, you know, the conversations we've been having around perspective and the importance of them and how they interact with choice and creativity. I think that's a really yummy nexus to have this conversation around. That's kind of what the nucleus I'm feeling of this chat has been about so far. Mm-hmm. But, um, in and around that, the, the idea around reality is be like that perspective thing that reality is completely subjective. It, that was a bit of a rabbit hole. Like I opened up way too much space, like as you articulated in that, cause it was like, 
whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> and exactly what you're thinking, like, what are you going to be responsible for then, you know? And in that, like having a complete subjective reality, a lot of things started dropping in. Like I started questioning a lot because there was a lot of space to ask a lot of questions. It's like, okay, I can write the script to some degree. Right? Yes, there are the laws of biology and physics and all of that, but in terms of like belief systems and all this sort of stuff, and I started really reading up on a lot of things some things didn't serve me and I'm going to, and I never talk about this sort of stuff because they don't serve anybody. And I, I don't like introducing stuff that doesn't serve you. But I started reading into like, okay, one example, which didn't serve me was, okay, where does, where, where does money come from? Yeah. And I started reading into this and it was like, it's a really gross example, right? Like a matter, matter example by gross mm-hmm. example. I mean, and it was like, okay, so they're just units of money. They used to be backed by a material mineral. And then it's like, okay, they're not even backed by that anymore. And they're just, they're, they're just, they're just someone just presses play on a computer screen and they just, they control artificially how much there is running around. And as soon as I started wrapping into that and I was like, Oh, that, that doesn't feel good. Like that piece of information, like I'm so much more aware, but I'm not sitting like in any sort of empowerment knowing that now I'm just like angry at an external thing that does not serve me. And so that gives you like, gives an example of like, Oh, but I'm still responsible for that space that I created inside me i was responsible for that information that i filled myself with and in that point i'm like asking myself really deeply like okay something's come in and i'm not really sure it's serving me it is important that i know this and some part of me but where do i move forward and what i have come to learn and this is segueing back to what you were saying about honesty and i'm hoping i'm hoping we just have a chat about this like what really dropped in for me was and this sounds really pagan but basically just earth fire wind and water and it really just came back to that on a really basic Mm -hmm. level it's like what is my relationship with the earth the home that i live in my heart like the earth Mm -hmm. like what is what is my relationship with fire like how are my passions going how what is my relationship with the sun like how do i feel like inspired what is my relationship with the water that i'm actually drinking i'm 70 percent water am i moving you know like how's that all going what is my breathing practice like you know like am i breathing well am i restricted am i condensed or am i like actually open am i breathing well and these were the only four real things that i could tangibly say okay these are four things that feel true feel honest and actually have my back and i'm happy to dictate like dedicate myself to them in, on, on the journey of like these four yeah. things are like my honest truth. Everything else kind of is continues to be in that subjective realm, if I may say so. Sure, sure. And this is, I mean, this is so beautiful because it, in a way, Amrit, you've just sort of brought us full circle back to this idea. No, I mean, really of these nature-based philosophies, right? And, and again, to this sort of concept that we are a microcosm of the macrocosm and um, all of these different uh, philosophies and teachings that I follow, that I share, you know, as I've mentioned now many times in, mm. in this sweet chat that we're having are, are, are nature based philosophies, meaning that they, that there is this belief and understanding that there is a natural law that everything within the universe is governed by. And yes, the way that our mind has evolved, the way that the vibration of what we call mind has evolved, has evolved to a place where it is actually able to create things that don't 
actually exist, <laughs> which is really an interesting, um, you know, if you look at phenomenon, actually, yeah, uh, it's it's a really interesting phenomenon. There's a, a very interesting provocative book called Sapiens. I don't know if you've read yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Right? So, <laughs> and so one of the things that you've all presents in that book is that one of the things that differentiated our species from other species like ours mm. was, and and they're not even exactly sure. Um, what what the shift was, was that we went from people who lived life according to what was present, like you're saying, right? I don't feel well because I don't have enough metabolism going in my body. I don't feel well because I'm um, not, you know, moving fluidly like the nature of water. And this is something beautiful in traditional Chinese medicine, which is uh, the foundation of my medical education is that from the the original vibrations of life, like one of the next ways of defining life is through the elements. Mm. And every diagnosis we make in traditional Chinese medicine has some essence of how the elemental factors of us are either cooperating together or no. Right. And so the very foundation of the medicine and every aspect of healing is really trying to understand how these elemental factors are maybe out of balance, which is making us feel not good. And hmm. so, you know, you coming to that on your own is quite, is quite amazing and quite extraordinary. And that's what oh, all of these different true. practices are, are leading us back to. But, but that really, and it's, it's why I love choosing places like Patagonia to take people, mm-hmm. right? Like take off your shoes, stand on the earth, mm. stand in the middle of a place where we don't have a cell signal and just observe how things are working mm. come back to how the breeze feels on your skin and 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 what that does for your inspiration what that that does for your breath right mm. what it what the cool water flowing across your hand feels like when we're rafting what right these because we are the elements this physical capsule that i am walking this life in is made of elements it's mm. made of the elements of the earth no one can deny this everything from carbon to the rest of you know all of the elements this is this is how we're all governed and mm. when we move back to an understanding of how nature loves to move and we begin to be present to how we are either moving in harmony with that or not which mm. is usually when we start to feel not good right it's such a beautiful simple way to return to presence mm. to return to creating spaces that then we can fill with something that is harmonious with the honesty of that rather than filling spaces with creations that may or may not serve us in our lives mm. there's a question that keeps coming up for me which is mm. are we whole the way we are because we're perfectly cracked open to be right. I totally agree with that. Right. I'm sorry. I don't even. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I totally agree with that. But then on the other side of the equation, there's somehow still space for healing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because life is movement. If the very foundation of life is, um, I had one, I, I, work with this gorgeous man he is a buddhist scholar in nepal when i take my groups to nepal and i always take them to have discourses with him and um last year he said something so simple and so brilliant and he said you know guys have you ever thought about the fact that we're called human beings mm. not human feet <laughs> i'm not a human bee i'm a human being 
uh-huh. which means that there's action in the essence of my life, mm. right? And in, in fact, one oh, of the yes, yes, <laughs> yes, right? And one yes. of the very all that vitality. Oh my God, sorry. I, so I'm there sorry. is nothing, the very nature of life is movement. The very foundation of life is vibration. Mm. And so where we get stuck when we feel not whole, mm. when, when, when we feel like there's not space, it's because we've matriculated to a place where we've attached ourselves to an idea mm. and we've closed the doors to that there can be other ideas. So we actually stop the flow of life in some way, whether it's with our mind, whether it's with our spirit or whether it's with our physical body. And that's why I love movement so much is because... Mm. You know, sometimes it's tricky working with the mind. Sometimes it's tricky to try to parse out, you know, what are my thought patterns that aren't serving me? Okay, but if I go and I move my body, my body actually guides me toward the understanding of that without ever needing to put words. And this is just a, a side note. But the, you know, the idea is that everything in life comes and goes. Everything in life is created, matures and disintegrates. This Mm. is the very foundation of life. Look to nature. I mean, the seasons are one of the most beautiful guides that we have when you look to nature, right? Spring is so beautiful. Why? The birds are chirping. The sun is getting warm. The buds are blossoming on the trees. And then summer comes and it's also beautiful because the fruit is growing on the trees and we have yummy things to eat. And then fall comes and it's also beautiful because the leaves have you know, come through their life cycle, they're turning colors as they're about to fall to the ground to become fertilizer for the next year's buds. But you don't see the tree trying to stop any of this, Mm. right? Because this is the power of life. And this is actually also the power of transformation and, and the power actually of, in my mind, creativity is allowing things to come and go in their natural way. And a really deep root of this thing that we've been talking about, honesty, is like even a relationship, right? The most beautiful marriage will come and go. Either the marriage goes before the life goes or the life goes before the marriage goes, right? But the very nature of life is that everything will come and go. And when we allow this to happen in the natural way, Not only is there always space for new creation, not only is there always fertile soil, Mm. right, from the leaves that have fallen from our prior experience that fertilize the wisdom from which we grow new ideas, Mm. but we never get stuck Mm. because we honor that this is the nature of life. We honor that life, we are human beings. Mm. We are being, we are not being. Yeah. I yeah. mean, even if you just say that, you know, if you're at home listening to this podcast, like say the word being and then say the word be. Yeah. Right? Like vitality can, in it. Yeah. 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 The vitality, yeah. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So what's coming up with for me is I'd love to just share like something that's really deep and really present for me, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. I know this is me interviewing you, but here I am sharing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. But um, one of my deepest fundamental philosophies that I lean in on is that we are the universe looking in on ourselves, right? And that is like, and around everything, I kind of see myself again and again, like, yes, there's a lot of things that we discuss around purpose and it always comes back to me that I'm a health coach, you know? Um, And it's just like, 
but we talk mostly about purpose and direction. And it's like, yeah, because through all my findings, like I've come to find that your health and your purpose are the same thing. You know, like if your life is stressed and it's asking you to recalibrate your purpose, that stress is indicator of like, hey, just realign and you'll find yourself healthy again, you know. And if you're generally healthy, it's because you're on purpose is kind of what I found. But in that, the core of that is basically that we are the universe looking in on ourselves. There is this innate curiosity then that, is impregnated to the fabric that is the universe, right? Because it's why is it looking in on itself? Like why would I, like why is this created in such a way that I over here have this experience that is I, (laughs) you know, and you have an experience over there that is you, you know, but you call that I and I call this I and somehow there's these two eyes looking at each other right, having this dance. So that, but there is this essence of curiosity that is infallible in that right and this deep like i've put pen to paper on a book right and i've started writing and it is taking way longer than i ever imagined it would right (laughs) but it's legitimately tight like legitimately the the work is called vitality right Mm. and the way i see it is you know the curiosity is so fundamental that Mm. that i actually think we age like is what's sitting for me now is like we get older and we start to age and wither right? Because we lose curiosity because we're no longer serving that impregnated, infallible concept that the design was based upon. As you get older, you can't help but understand that, oh, this falls because of gravity, you know? But when you're a kid, it was like, wow, like, you know, things fall. And space, things don't fall, you know? And it's like, oh, that's a vacuum. And the more you learn, the the more intelligent you get. But I fundamentally because the next generation they're like they're like plugged into a whole new sense of reality and that yeah. is the, the the iteration on curiosity and mm. that was what makes them so vital and with the grace you know obviously you've got to let go of your paradigm and the world that you occupied and as you existed as you transition mm. right but that, right. that curiosity is so fundamental that was just something yeah. I wanted to share that like really burns deeply inside me. <laughs> yeah. no I love I love it and curiosity for me is is such a it's such a key point to happiness. And, and mm. to me, it gets back to our original conversation about creativity and sort of my own connection with this idea of being able to see any given moment, any given situation, any given decision from an infinite number of perspectives. And as mm. you talk about this aging process, right, of us maturing and maybe becoming a little bit more decrepit and less vital, you know, some of that vitality is lost is because over the, the course of time, for whatever reason, we, we lose touch with that curiosity. We lose mm. touch with, in any given moment, saying, you know, I've chosen this. And it's kind of the quintessential, like, old crotchety person, right? You like that, like, they, they have their way. They have their way of doing things. They have their way of thinking. They have their way of, right? And what is this all? This is all just attachment to what they've decided. Is it terrible and, that and, I've got the inspired evolution, but I see myself being that way? <laughs> well, that, that it's a really natural tendency of the mind. But again, no, it's not because you're human. And that's why we even have conversations like this to keep ourselves curious. Yeah, I mean, you and I are engaging with one another to share ideas, to keep our curiosity alive. That's the mm. whole point of this relationship mm. in this moment, right? It's mm. so all of us have that thought like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to become that really nasty old woman, you know, <laughs> like maybe, but hopefully not. It's just going to be hopefully me and my dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it gets back to me to, 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 I mean, it brings me back to something that I have found 
in in all of my explorations to be so important and that is and 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 here i'll like quote another just beautiful i went to a, a traditional chinese medical symposium i go every year to to just stay in touch with my colleagues and 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 one of these guys he's written many books translated so many traditional chinese medicine texts and he's giving this like lecture on the spirituality of the actual acupuncture points and taoism and i'm mm. i'm completely like engrossed because this is the stuff you know like i know you do i just oh i eat it up i love it yeah and every so often he would be like i know i'm right but maybe i'm not mm. i know i'm right about this but maybe i'm not and mm. I was so incredibly touched because not only did it speak to his humility mm. as a master, right? Because this guy is a master. He mm. has every right to be like, this is the truth. And, mm. you know, this is what everyone should believe. And yet still in all of the wisdom and all of the discovery that he's had, he, what he's saying is from my experience in life so far, this mm. is what I understand to be the truth. And I'm aware that I could learn something else that might change my perception of this truth. And it was one of the most beautiful things that I have ever heard. And what is this? This is curiosity, mm. right? This is curiosity. And, and, you know, I am looking into the universe that is me and I'm, I am making decisions about what to wear, how to present myself, who I am in this world. But where I fall into dis-ease is when I stop considering that I always have a choice. Mm. So when I stop considering that, and, and one example that I, that I love to use is um, because it's, it's easy when we feel good to think about these things. The hard part, right, is when we're in moments of stress, when we're in moments of depression, when yep. we're in. Absolutely. And one of these ideas of relationship as it's presented by, by yoga Buddhism is, is that life isn't really about the thing. Mm. Life is how we choose to interact with the thing. And that includes our own thoughts. But like an example of this would be, you know, I go... Um, let me think of a fun one. Maybe I can't think of a fun one now. Um, is, 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 you know, maybe I'm hoping that I, I go to the store to buy my favorite food for dinner. And, you know, I get in my car, I drive to the store, I drive five extra miles because there's only one store in town that has my favorite frozen mm. dinner. I don't actually eat frozen dinner. It's not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm just using it as an example. Um, and, you know, and I get to the store and I, I walk down the aisle and I look down and lo and behold, it's sold out. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Can I say that on a podcast? Yeah, you can say whatever you oh, want to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Free media. <laughs> so, 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 right. So in that moment, there's this thing. There's yeah. this thing that I made this effort mm. to go and get something that I really love, that I know I'm going to enjoy. I've probably fantasized about yeah. how well my whole evening's going to go because mm -hmm. I'm going to have my favorite food. Mm. And then the actual moment is that it's not available. Mm. So in that moment, I can get angry. I can get frustrated. I can get mad. I can get stuck. Mm. Or I can say, oh, isn't that interesting? Hmm. So what is another thing that I really love to eat? And can mm. I find it here? Yep. And can I, right. And it's such a silly example. I know. No, it's a solid the, one. But I but think with my stomach first to beyond all things. So this is a very poignant, there's a reason you chose that one. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking about breakfast now. But <laughs> you're thinking about dinner probably. <laughs> 
but but you know these are and and this kind of you know brings like in this beautiful package in in a way all of these beautiful concepts that have bubbled up for us in this conversation mm. the idea of presence the idea of creativity the idea of honesty mm. right there's nothing i can do in that moment to make that thing appear mm. right there's <laughs> there's nothing that i can do to change the honesty of that yeah but what i can change is you know or what what i do have control over is is how i relate to what i find yeah and to be honest like what you're sharing has been a really pr- like it like you've shared something really simple admittedly and the the thing that i like about that is that has actually been one of the key metrics one of the key metrics that i have consistently looked in on to sort of see how well i am tracking with the work that i've been doing on myself right and it's not just about food <laughs> even though many times it can be but it's like <laughs> yeah. it's it's legitimately the, what i call the bounce back factor right and that's just what i call it to myself i don't articulate it to anybody else like that but now you all now you all know the inner workings of Emirates mind um but it's it's the it's the bounce back factor so yesterday i was actually on still on the food topic I, I i was getting food and i was just pouring i was grabbing like the self-serve so i just grabbed myself a pakora and i was going to put some sauce on it right amazing yeah. sauce but anyway i digress and so i'm putting the sauce on it and this gentleman's just like reached in and actually just like like moved my hand almost to the point where i've had to rescue my bowl with the pakora and the sauce in it now at like it wasn't unintentional it was like the gentleman was going out of his way to be rude right oh. Yeah. And so in this point, I'm I'm holding the bowl and I'm like, oh, pardon me, but my arm's there. Yeah? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. I was like, okay, well, that's now that it's flagged, that's cool. Now, I felt all, I felt all the palpitations of what testosterone does to you, right? Like I felt every single part of me like that went, okay, this bowl could very mm. much like end up in your face you know like <laughs> but like i felt all the sight, sight, I, sight I felt yeah i felt every physical sensation doing that but i could watch my mind and my mind just smiled it was like this is a great interaction you know yeah. and then i moved yeah. on yeah and so that was really profound for me because i use this again and again like it happens i'm on the tram and someone brushes past you way too hard because you're in their way right not because you're intending to be in their way it's just it's packed right the train's packed yeah. but someone's going to move out and someone's not so happy about they're having a shit day so these interactions consistently happen but how much do you let them throw you mm. off and then bounce back like that work on myself i often yeah. like use that bounce back factor in terms of mm. oh wait that mindfulness stuff it's actually really working because uh-huh. like i remember how quickly things used to stick like someone brushed me in it like too hard and i'm like what an asshole like, and that has the ah, propensity yeah. to ruin sure. your whole day at 6 30 in the morning you know yeah. but the yeah. reality is with the work that you do on yourself all of a sudden it's like well actually no like that was just a moment. That person's probably having a shit day. I hope your day gets better, mate. Bravo, I'm on, bravo. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been using that a lot. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And it's so, you know, it's so beautiful, you know, your example, and it brings it more to a kind of emotional guttural level. You know, my example was maybe about the saliva and yours was really about the, you know, the heart, the spirit, right? When, when things challenge us really mm. at the, at the core and, and two things really come up for me in that way. And, and that is that, that one thing really pervasive in, in my life, in my practice and in what I challenge myself to do is to really walk the walk. Mm. And this gets back a little bit to how we started, right? This idea is like, does what I'm creating need to be grandiose? Does what I'm creating always need to be something huge that's affecting thousands of people? Or is it, that I can 
really be the embodiment of what I believe in any moment, no matter what life brings to me, mm. right? And the beautiful example that you've just given of, okay, so right, I can either get angry back at this person, I can buy into their vibration, the vibration they're choosing to have, mm. or I can stay, I can do my best to take a, d- a deep breath, be present in, in who I want to be, and, you know, still allow them to be the honesty that they're understanding in life, but not dive into the hole mm. with them, yeah. right? To continue to walk the walk according to how I'm choosing to, to walk the walk. And the, the other part of that, the other part of that story that's so beautiful that touches me is it also kind of speaks about space, this idea of space that we were talking about and, and the responsibility that we have. And it's like, you know, if, if you had interacted with that person at his vibration, you would have fed his fire. Mm. But being conscientious and choosing to say, gosh, maybe he's just having a really bad day, right? Keeps his responsibility in his court and keeps your responsibility in yours. Mm. Meaning you can have compassion for the person, but you don't have to feed the fire that they're creating. Mm. And this is another level of relationship, right? Mm. Can I be the witness? Can I be the holder? Can I, and I was, I was just in a music circle this weekend and it was one of the really beautiful things that sort of presented itself to me as I was sitting with this group of incredibly diverse people. And as we're singing and raising our voices together, inevitably people have different emotions, they have different feelings, they have different experiences. And when you, you know, when you share after an experience like this, I mean, it's so incredible, the diversity of you're, you're all doing the same thing. You're all just singing the same songs. You're all in the same space and that every individual is having such a unique experience. And the beauty of having these types of experiences, at least for me, is it brings to light that we can be individuals together. Mm. We don't have to try to be each other. We don't have to try to emulate anything other than what we are, right? It is really possible to allow each human being to be the complete whole entity that they are, even if it's different from what we are, we can still walk the path together. And this is, this is, this is what your example really um, speaks to me, I suppose. Like, can, can we not only allow, but celebrate, right, mm. the incredible diversity of our experiences in life? And can we stay away from judgment? Can we stay away from storytelling about what other people might be going through? Mm. Can we maintain the confidence in what we've chosen and, and also celebrate what the person next to us has chosen. Yeah. Um, and obviously there are fine lines here, right? We as a society decide what is right, what is wrong, what mm. is right. We, we have to make some of these designations to live peace in, in peace together. Mm. Uh, but on a, on a spiritual level, which is, I think, more where this conversation is going, mm. um, you know, on an individual level, on this level of discovery, um, and, and this is really part of honesty, 
again, yeah. the, the fertile soil from where creativity really comes. Can we just make good choices and allow and celebrate all the good choices everyone else is making too? So I uh, feel like I can talk to you forever. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're so deeply connected because we can talk forever. <laughs> uh, but I'm also, one question that's coming up for me that is still super deep is what is what is at the moment at the next, like at the the tip of the arrowhead of your curiosities? So, wow, that's a wonderful question. Uh, what is at the tip of the arrowhead of my curiosities? Well, I, I suppose, as I mentioned earlier, you know, life has this funny way. I don't really believe that anything that comes to us in life is random. I, mm. I, I really believe that what our, what our mind is thinking is, is how then life relates back to us. So mm. even though what I'm going to say to you is I, this path of vagabond is not really something I conscientiously chose. But obviously, subconsciously, I do choose it because I've I've created it. But but as I mentioned earlier, um, it's it, I suppose it's amazing to me how integrated life is when we allow it to be. So when I was practicing medicine in Chicago, I I remember I used to joke with my patients. You know, they would be like, "Oh, you're such a good healer. You're such a good doctor." And I'd be like, "You know, I'm actually not. I'm just I just study humans. This is my job." You know, I, I know that I'm administering medicine. I know I'm giving you treatments, but what, what I really feel like my profession is is studying humans. <laughs> and and segue to today, where I'm not actually I'm not actively practicing medicine, but instead I'm creating these experiences for for people. And <laughs> and the joke is on me because every week I'm with a different group of people. Sometimes every week I'm with a different yoga teacher, right? So. I mean, studying humanity is mm. for sure my full time <laughs> <laughs> right now. So yeah. at the at the tip at the at the tip of the arrowhead of my curiosity is still really what is this beautiful connectivity mm. that that we feel so far away from, <laughs> but that from my perspective is so pervasive and so present and how is it that i can continue creating either by experience or by teaching or by you know whatever it is that i'm creating ways for people to reconnect with this connectivity with this through line of life that you know in in modern life and i was born in america and um, so I don't say this with an air of judgment, but definitely as I'm traveling around the world, one of the interesting things to me about America is it's a very young country, mm. right? And all of us know that it's an immigrant country. Like there's mm. no, you know, I mean, the, the native peoples, okay, and I, I don't want to get into that conversation because that's a, a very heated and, mm. and emotional discussion about the origin. But um, talking about modern America, when I when I go back to the country where I was born now, what I feel like I see and I witness has a huge generality, of course, is this mm. desperate desire for roots. And it's so interesting, right? Because the whole country was born in, in its modern way from immigrants, from people that mm. left their roots, from mm. left their ancestors, left those traditions to... Looking to for opportunity. Yeah. Life. 
right? And 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 this is, I think, why also the capitalism of yoga has become so strong is because mm. what yoga communities are doing right now in, in the United States, I'm sure around the world, is they are creating these beacons of 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 light where people can yeah. come and feel connected to surf communities yeah. without the beaches. <laughs> you can have them inland. Right, right, right. <laughs> Exactly. This is exactly this. So at the at the tip of of, <sighs> of the arrow of my curiosities is really this continued discovery of how how can I continue to facilitate this regrounding of humanity? And that sounds grandiose. And even when I say it, my heart kind of skips a beat. Like, who am I to even be, you know, thinking about this? Who am I to think that I can even create it or or hold the wisdom to be able to even consider creating, but um, as I have been gifted this opportunity to witness such an immensity of humanity across all cultures, across all countries, across all types of groupings of people, for me, this is what I see as the the deepest need right mm. now in the world is is this return to the simplicity of nature. Is this return to the simplicity of understanding that that everyone truly is whole as they are, and that that comes in the form of an immense diversity, and that that diversity is actually a celebration of life, not something to be subdued. Feeling into that retreats uh, in Patagonia. Yeah. February, end of Feb and end of March. Mm-hmm. End of Feb is North Chile, uh, yeah. Patagonia, and end of March is South Chilean Patagonia. Yeah. The space you're holding to reconnect, to connect, oh, like I'm in complete, I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, you're always welcome. You know this. You don't even need to ask. Such an honor. And um, I'm just really, really, I I do have a couple more questions, but I I really just want to take this moment because I'm just bursting at the seams with it. Just just really deep, deep, deep gratitude for your walk and like how you're showing up and the work you're doing with the world and and the the honest and pure and clean intentions behind it. I'm, yeah, it, it just, you know, it, it like speaks volumes, you know, I was just how long we've been on this chat, you know, <laughs> there's just so much goodness yeah. in it. I'm just really, really <laughs> grateful for that. And I, I'm still got questions. Um, and I'm it's just only wanted- 10 minutes. We've been <laughs> seven, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> and, um, I just really want to, no, I really want to thank you for, um, for yeah, just your time and your energy and your presence today, but all the, just the, like, I know the walk, you know, and you've been walking mm. it longer than I have and it's just such a humbling experience to, to sit and be able to share and and just just receive and learn so much in this space I'm really 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 grateful for your time and energy um, here today you. yeah I am very grateful for for yours mm. so yeah go on I get lost in a moment of appreciation <laughs> between brother and sister so <laughs> I um I was gonna ask you so I know you were like you know there is that humility and that you know who am I to step with the grandiosity of the vision that exists right but yeah. at the same time if not us then who you know if right. not now then when um, and I know for myself, like the vision of the inspired evolution obviously is, is, whew, 
you know, but then it's like showing up in the day to day, connecting to those things that we talked about earth, fire, wind and water and my loved ones, you know, and their relationship with these elements as well. But let's talk for just a quick second before we, before we tie everything out is, is what is, what is about the romance of immensity that, you know, and I know simplicity has its own romance, but there is some yeah. sort of romance in immensity as well that draws us into inspiration. Yeah. So, you know, the immensity for me is really this connection that we've mm. been alluding to and then talking more directly about, mm. right? When I, when I think about a project or a voice or a creation that reaches, let's just be really grandiose here, like mm. imagine creating something that would really touch all of humanity. Mm-hmm. And then what you've really done is you've tapped into something that's very true mm. in that wisdom of what connects us all. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, this is the romanticized vision is sort of the feedback from the world that that yes, what what it is that you are are putting out in the world is is honest enough and and, and learned enough. I'm going to mm-hmm. use learn it because I think that's probably the the best word, right? That that every human can can feel connected to mm-hmm. it. And it's like that beautiful spider web of connectivity that um, somehow our, our, our minds, you know, want to sort of navigate us mm-hmm. away from, but our hearts already know is there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We're just yeah. obscuring it. And, and, and I suppose what, what this beautiful question brings up for me as well, though, is, is sort of another perspective that has... Um, arrived for me in these specifically in these last two years of my work Mm. and and particularly because there is this in the yoga world at least right now there definitely is this idea of stardom that has um been born yeah to to be honest with you i don't feel very comfortable with this Mm. because i feel like um you know, I feel like this sort of need to be recognized as a as a, a teacher, as it's being done right now in in some circles, kind of moves against the, the natural law, kind of mm-hmm. moves against these beautiful natural elemental tendencies. Not to say, you know, as I said before, someone's listening to the podcast and like, oh, but you said everyone wants to be seen and heard, of course. Right? Mm. It's beautiful to be recognized by you as 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 someone special. Hopefully, it's beautiful for you to be recognized by me as someone special. So mm. this isn't the level that I'm talking about. Um, but but so I've been teaching yoga teacher trainings for the last five years, mm. and one of my fantasies that has been born in these last two years is right. Actually, one of of completely ungrandiose nature, which is my dream, would be that there is a really solid yoga, I'm using yoga studio, but you can insert whatever it is that you, you know, nature center or national park or whatever, right? That every human being within a very easy journey, whether it's 20 steps, whether it's a Mm. bicycle ride, right? That there would be these millions of beacons of light around mm. the world 
that are accessible places of gathering for people to come and share ideas like you and I are doing to return to intention, to, to learn tools, to help them to, to draw back in the direction of honesty, mm. and draw back in the, in the connection of connectivity. So um, it's a, it's a little bit opposite of, of grandiose, but, but to, to me, in a way it is like, can, can we take on that role of grandiose as a population together rather than it being just a select few people who are trying to shine the light for everyone, right? Can I train people who want to be yoga teachers to be outstanding sharers of this wisdom that go back into their communities and create community programs, create Mm. classes that are accessible to all that become beacons of light also, Mm. So that little by little, the whole world is populated by people creating these things that are in harmony with nature, with truth, with honesty, right? So that we share the responsibility of creating. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, uh, what really dropped in really deeply was that immensity and simplicity are actually not at odds. Um, yeah, for example, just the breath and the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone out there listening hasn't, hasn't had that experience of like turning their face to the spring sun. Yeah. And taking a deep breath in and how medicinal that is. Mm. How healing that is. How quickly and profoundly that roots you back into life Mm. yeah thank you so much for sharing sister (laughs) thank you so much for being here i I wish i could (laughs) (laughs) virtual hugs (laughs) damn it they're not the same they're not the same there's that connection (laughs) stuff we're talking about <laughs> so um for those tuning in i will put the dates to the retreats in the show notes and all that sort of stuff so you can follow in uh molly has a website inspirationheals.com definitely worth checking out um great place to connect for those that want to do want to tune in and connect with you directly molly is that is facebook yeah. the best place it's where i communicate with you i'm not sure if yeah, i should be advertising facebook, that. instagram or through the website my email is there so awesome. any of those lines of communication and then we'll we'll segue into the right river <laughs> awesome and i'm like i don't want to speak for her but my honest truth is connection is my highest value and we are so close that i know i can speak for her just connect yeah. like there is so much like yeah i i'm just in awe of what like this was a quick hour and a half <laughs> seven minute <laughs> podcast <laughs> um with the intention of going forward and like it was just you know couldn't help but go deeper and deeper down the rabbit holes and we've, i still feel like we've only just scratched the surface of where we could really go retreats sound epic and amazing and again with the humility with Thank which you, you hold them i know that you're actually taking them to people to interact with these amazing amazing experiences with nature with wisdom um yeah. hard backed by science like i i'm in awe of, i'm in awe of your work so it's been a real oh, treasure and a real pleasure to have you here today thank you so much you know that i'm absolutely in awe of all that you're putting out in the world that i mean you in 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 a way what you are doing is weaving a tapestry of connection where people can feel their humanity where people find the courage and curiosity to find their voice and this is 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 
so important, but it's it's also just reflection of how loving and and beautiful a creature you are. So oh, thank you so much just... for inviting me into your space today. <laughs> thank you for your blessings. I've got one last little little itty bitty question before we talk. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I can't be helped. Somebody just just turn him off. Turn him off. Turn him off. <laughs> Wait, where's the button? Where's the, there's no button. I'm not wearing a bindi. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that was totally inappropriate, but I went there. You heard it live in the spot evolution. I'm standing right behind that one. That's my own joke. How do you oh blow up gosh. an Indian? Press the red dot on the forehead. Oh my God, you can't say that. I just did. And on that note, <laughs> on that note, I mean, I think that's a great place to end. Bringing bring humor back into it. <laughs> on that note, beyond mm. the name, beyond the yoga, yeah. Molly Kaufman, this is metaphysical in its essence. Who are you? I mean, honestly, the, the, the first thing that my gut says is I am love. Hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and the the second thing that um, that begins to to bubble from the the surface after that is is really just someone who loves life mm. and feels and sees and and experiences so much beauty. Uh, and I, I don't mean that flippantly because uh, certainly um, I have had a, a lot of challenges and stops and stutters and holes and trips and injuries and, and everything else to navigate as, as we all do. But even within those little by little, uh, what life is gifting me is understanding the beauty even in, in those moments. And um, I just want to share I just want to share. And you do it with such grace and eloquence, sister. <laughs> oh, big love. <laughs> big love to you. Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health, and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.